It is another Sunday evening, which means it's time for another edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. Coming to you live from what has kind of now become my designated broadcasting position in the apartment, which is like the kitchen table thing we have in our sitting room, which is right next to the telly and close to the internet box, which is why it's my broadcast position. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by my ever dependable host. First of all, we've got Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, Barry. Hello. And also with us, it's only Al Joe Towner. Hello. Hello. The boys are back in town. There we go. Uh, why doesn't t- I tell you what I would love to see if we got bought out by him? Tony Khan should buy us the boys uh, back in town and then yeah. we could kick off the show with it. Um, uh, without fear of legal reprisal, but you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if we can make moves up the uh, up the Warner, um, uh, you know, landscape. How's it been, boys? It's been a quiet week um, for me here. I was planning, or we were planning, me and my girlfriend, we were planning on taking a lovely trip to the you know, up, up the county, you know, not too far, just to get, uh, stretch the legs, go for a lovely old walk. And in what has overall been an absolutely bonkers week of weather, um, I went to meet my mam in town this morning. We had a little uh, cup of tea out by the river. It was all very nice. And then it just almost out of nowhere started hailstoning incredibly hard. Um, and there's been thunder and all kinds of shit popping off. So we did not, in fact, get to go anywhere. So um, so my life got is quite, quite dry this week. I am... Um, uh, this week saw the return of non-essential retail mm. to Ireland. I bought uh, Atomic Blonde for three quid on Blu-ray um, <laughs> in Tesco because they took the bin bags off that section of Tesco. I went into Golden Discs and I got um, this is this is what I think of when I think of non-essential retail. I got uh, a Matrix box set. And a Rocky box set. Oh, the God. Rocky box set is every one up to Balboa. So it's one through Balboa. But it's one of those ones where you take out each film and it's in a super slender uh, uh, box. And mm-hmm. this is the type of shit my girlfriend doesn't care about, but I, I noticed straight away. I don't think there are any special features on this. Um, I haven't watched a special feature on a film in about 15 years. No. But I, I want them. Like I, I want them. Put them on. Right. Yeah. I, I don't care if I don't care if it's the discount box set. I want, uh, I want there to be the option that hypothetically speaking, in the future, I could stick on the audio commentary. And so this is, you know, see, uh, 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 the funny thing is the, the lighting wasn't working on, on this day. And I said, hey, you know, we gotta get the scene done. You know, like, well, it's not, you know, I was supposed to gotta get the light working. Uh, fuck the light, you know what I mean? But Hollywood don't like, it. you know, I want to have that option. But uh, I, I think, I think the Matrix one, they're not the super slim ones. But I looked at the back of the box, and and it was like, I think it's like a behind the scenes featurette, and it, and it's listed as uh, special features to take advantage of your DVD player. And I was like, okay, this is a fucking, this is from 1999. This box. Um, but uh, yeah, a, qu- a quiet hour week mostly. Did some more twitching, which was a lot of fun. I'm having great crack doing that. But uh, was that some kind of illness or something? Yeah, that was uh, no something fell out of the Rocky box when I was looking for the the special feature information, and it, I, it may have been anthrax. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, yeah, no, I'm having fun with that. 
Um, I managed to have a stream. Well, I almost had a stream without a technical issue uh, yesterday, but I was streaming that new game, Knockout City, which I'll be talking about later in GameGuff. Um, it makes you, you have to sign, you have to create an EA account because it's an EA game. Right. And they're like, you have to you create an account to use the online features. I was like, well, this is an online game. That's ridiculous. So I had to go through that whole palaver, but I suppose this would count as a technical issue. Uh, it just flashed my email address up on the screen. It's like, oh, here's the, the address tied to your, your Xbox login. Do you want to use this? I was like, cool. I'll just take the stream now for two seconds and fucking sign into your stupid shitty service. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was my week. Uh, a, a very uneventful week. Uh, what about you boys? Um, well, it's a bit eventful, I suppose. Um, more, more like watching a lot of TV. Um, we had a dog over last night. Oh. Um, that's not nothing to do with my sex life. That is, uh, we had an actual dog um, boarding with us because we do dog boarding here as well as dog daycare. Uh, Frank was with us for a night again. Nothing to do with my sex life. Mm-hmm. Get Frank round. Um, Frank is a black cocker spaniel. Cocker, <laughs> cocker spaniel. Um, he was lovely. He had little, he just slept by the side of the bed. Didn't even get it's like the bed was again nothing to do with my sex life. The bed was there. He could sleep on the bed. We have a big bed. He could have slept at the bottom. He just slept on the wooden floor at the side Aww. of the bed. Um, but he was lovely. He was a very good dog. He's uh, since gone home. He'll be back for day boarding throughout the week. Um, what else? Yeah, today was the end of the twenty 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 one. Premier League saison. Um, a bit of a weird season, obviously, with COVID and no fans until very mm. recently. Um, I think today, actually, Joe, I, I was on quite a good streak until today. I think today was the first game of the season I didn't watch the United game. <gasps> I think I watched all other 37 games. Yeah. But um, I, I was watching... Flicking between the Liverpool, Chelsea, and Leicester games, I didn't watch yeah. any of the United game, and um, which they won against against a, a, must have been a completely lackluster Wolves team. Um, their manager's last game, they were beaten by our kids. Um, and with the end of the Premier League season, also comes the end of the fantasy Premier League season. The real, the real juice, the real deal. I had my all-time best ever season since i guess i started it in like what 2007 ish probably Mm -hmm. was my first season back in the cristiano ronaldo days um yeah i i I broke 2000 points for only only the third time uh and i finished on 2,237 points uh my all-time best and beating my brother in we we always have a little mini league just between me and my brother uh, he's won the last three years in a row. So, you know, like um, Undertaker taking the old F5, the streak is over. Hmm. Um, so I was very, very happy. Beat him by about 100 points. Uh, he finished on 2 one, five, four. Uh, So I was very, very happy with that. He made, you, you, you'll appreciate this, Joe, the baffling decision on the last day of the season. His last transfer was Sun Out. Rashford in. I said to him, Rashford's not going to be playing. (laughs) And he he had Rashford as his vice captain and Fernandez as his captain, and neither of them played. And I was like, that's a very silly move to do. 
Um, I had Salah as my captain on the last day. He got an assist, and I had Ederson in goals, and he saved the penalty and got a clean sheet. So I was very, very, very fucking happy with that. Um, and interestingly, right, I a few weeks ago, because I'm this kind of person, I, um, with like three or four weeks to go, made a big Excel sheet with our like average mm-hmm. scores, that, and I made like pro- projected scores, how we're going to end season. And although I finished about 50 worse, 50 points worse off than I projected, uh, my brother finished on exactly the score I projected he would. <laughs> so I, was, I was almost more proud of that than of actually winning the league. Hmm. Uh, I think I came third in my work league as well, so I'll, I'll win a nice 25 euro one for all voucher for that. Oh, okay, really? Which ain't too bad. But um, yeah, just happy to you know do do the best I've ever done in it, basically. Um, like I said, I've only breached the 2000 mark. It's my third time. I did I did it last season, and then I think I did it like the 13, 14 season or something. But I, I'm usually finishing around the 19, 50, 19, 60 mark. So I did really well mm-hmm. this week. Um, in part due to getting on the um, Ruben Diaz bandwagon very early mm-hmm. and having Fernandez as my captain most of the time. That, that was the payoff there. Um, that's the footy talk, I suppose. Did you watch any of today's footy, Joe? Yeah, I did watch mainly uh, Leicester Spurs. Um, Ooh, it was a good game. Bit upsetting yeah. though. It her. was quite fun. I, I did want Leicester to win, obviously, because I yeah. didn't want Chelsea and Liverpool getting in there. But um, it was just pretty funny for the last five minutes, especially when Gareth Bale kind of literally waltzed through the defense. Like they just didn't do. They just stood and watched. They yeah, like, just oh. had a stroll through and scored scored yeah. the uh, the nail in the coffin goal. Yeah, Bale in his last appearance potentially, as well as Kane's. Yeah, yeah, they were they were well up for it, so you know, fair play for them. Well, look, at least they'll be playing in the Europa Conference League next season. Oh, the big one, whatever that is. Um, third division of the <laughs> European, the, the third tier of Europe. As if anyone could be bothered to play in that shite cup, they'll be playing with yeah. the Stoya Bucharests of the world. So oh, look, not even look. not even that good. It'll be like the Faroe Islands champions. <laughs> Or worse, like Rangers or something, you know, really bad. <laughs> really bad. Hey, what about League of Ireland? Maybe you'll get a oh, the, the League of Ireland. Oh, yeah. Up against yeah, the mighty Finn Harps or someone. Are they, <laughs> are they still a team? I don't know. No clue. Um, that reminds me, actually, when, when I used to be in, like, primary school, they would do, like, a little mini league for all the boys to play in. And they used to always divide you up and give you a, the, the name of your team would be one of the League of Ireland teams. And it'd be like Finn Harps, Shamrock Rovers, uh, St. Patrick's Athletic, whoever. Anyway, I think I, I, I was no good at football, so I didn't do very well in the minute. So that was quite fun anyway. There was definitely some twists and turns. Like We were always watching the game today, uh, which contained the team who needed to score. So right, right, we started right. off with Leicester. They went 1-0 up. We hopped over to Liverpool. They went 1-0 up. Hopped over to Chelsea. And we were just you know, going back and forth like that. It was very fun. Very, very fun. Um, okay, in non-football news, I've bought some uh, podcast equipment, right? Oh. So I, for listeners, because this will be quite a visual little segment here, uh, I have a lovely microphone, a blue Yeti Nano. A classic. A uh, classic. Genre. But it's on a little stand. It's on right. a little stand, right? Which means... Although it's nice, it can stand up on a desk. It means I kind of have to lean in to talk 
on it, which is not going to be not good for the old aging back. <laughs> no. Um, so what I did was on Amazon for t- about 10 Europeans, I bought a stand for it and a little uh, cover for the top, a little pop cover, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. And it's just like an arm that attaches to the desk, and I'll be able to, uh, you know, move it around as I as I see fit. But it'll, it'll just be a better option than me than having it sitting on the desk and, like, leaning yeah. in to talk to it. So that'll arrive, like, maybe tomorrow or Tuesday. I was hoping it would be here by today, but it's actually it's not been the case. But, um, yeah, that would be a nice little upgrade. Cheaper than I thought it would be. I thought buying, like, a proper stand for it. Like you see in everyone's podcasts. I was like, oh, yeah. they must be real wealthy to have one of them. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. Quite, well, they, they, quite they are one of, those, one of those things that you can go mental and spend right. 200 quid on one. I'm yeah. sure fucking Brian Alvarez's one costs 400 quid. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like anything else you can get. A, yeah, I, I actually, I haven't bought it yet, but um, I'm probably going to buy a mic. Oh, no, I, I don't know if I get a, a blue Yeti, but I'm probably going to get... An actual podcast mic, right? Um, of some repute, um, just because the like this headset is fine, but it, it the quality isn't kind of where I want I want it to be, right? Um, and and I have over the course, I mean, the listeners who have been following us from from years back, the saga of the audio quality on this show, it's been up, it's been down. Mm-hmm. There's been internet issues. There's been how I don't know how many different mics between us we've kind of gone through, um. And the USB ones are always better, but the USB ones I've gotten in the past have always had been the cheapest option. So now I'm going, yeah. I, I, I've picked one out that's like well-reviewed. I'm like, okay, especially again, because I'm like, okay, I'm, I fucking, I podcast here on every Sunday. I am now doing Twitch two days a week. Um, you know, I've, I've, I'm on X amount of other podcasts at any given time based on friend requests and guests here. I do this. And I was like, you know what? I spend an awful lot of time talking into the computer. Yeah. I should probably get a fucking good quality <laughs> microphone, um, yeah. which so so I, I I'm I'm having one of those weeks where I'm crawling towards payday. But yeah, I, I, once I get it, and I think like you said, I might have, I might pop on an old arm yeah. on the order as well, and a pop shield as well. Yeah. So you're gonna go in, go all in. Uh, so we will will be sounding great. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just like the idea of uh, an arm that you can like set up very quickly and then just put, like put away for the rest of the week. You know? Yes. I, yeah. I don't plan on leaving it set up at all. I'll, no, no. I'll take it apart and put it away. But yeah, hopefully that will arrive. Also, I have never in my life contributed to a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo until this week. Um, I went in on a project called Ninty Fresh, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. And they, they Ninty, N-I-N-T-Y, they are uh, a UK-based Nintendo magazine. Because apparently yeah, there I, I, is... I, I recognize the name. I yeah, wanna, there's no yeah. Nintendo magazine active in the UK anymore. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they run a separate campaign for every issue. Um, to Obviously to, you know, confirm how the the demand for it so that they can provide the supply but yeah. um they're doing a legend of zelda like art special with like 30 pages of exclusive um legend of zelda art so yeah uh, i went in for uh, 10 europeans on that um which is not the like 
basic tier. It's the second tier up, and you get little little bits with it. But yeah, I like the idea of that. I I used to collect um, a Nintendo magazine when I was a kid, and um, not only will be will it be a nice little nostalgia trip, but it also fit in nicely with my various Zelda collectibles. Um, so very happy with that. Um, and yeah, I, I like the I like the model of the Indiegogo for that specifically. Yeah. Um, because it's not a very expensive one. It's not like, you know, fifty euro, and maybe you'll get your thing. Maybe mm. very cheap, and you know, the, the, it seems that the product you get is will be pretty good. So I'm looking forward to that. And I suppose there's probably a, a, a more instant kind of turnaround. You're not, you know, funding yeah. a, a board game that might disappear off the face <laughs> of the earth exactly. for you know, however many years. Yeah, I think um, this is their fourth issue as well. So there's been three already that have come. Okay. Out. That's a good. That's a good sign. That's yeah. a good sign. Um, but yeah, speaking of um, uh, tabletop entertainment, Ooh. Joe, what's mm. the what's the skinny on the old jigsaw? Well, well, listeners will remember we picked the uh, the world's hardest uh, jigsaw. Um, <laughs> after, not, after not having done one probably since I was early teens, maybe you know that, that sort of age. Show us another one years. We picked a very, very hard 1,000 piece uh, jigsaw that's just a bookcase. So it's full of books, all look identical. Um, but anyway, we. we bit of a, bit of a, start was pretty quick because you're doing the outside edge and that's that's pretty, you know, not too strenuous. Um, then we got into the middle bit and we got quite stuck because we're just looking at all these pieces going, they're all the fucking same. <laughs> I literally look at all of them and it's just like a bit of red and blue on all of them. Um, but eventually, what we had to do was I kind of went piece by piece with the jigsaw. So I'd pick up a piece that had a distinctive kind of mark on it, go to the go to the front of the jigsaw box and literally go through the entire picture to try and find where that one piece went. Uh, and if it was on the edge, we could put it on the edge. If it's in the middle, we put it in a little pile for later when we get to the middle. So we've been using that kind of strategy and that, is what, that has served us very well. We've made a lot of progress. So we're probably about, I'd say, 40%, 50% done with the, with the jigsaw now. Um, we've got all of our pieces organized. So I think once you get a bit of a strategy going, um, you know, it gets a lot easier. So we're, we're feeling a lot more confident. I think we'll do it probably this this week, maybe by sort of Friday night. We'll have uh, finished it. But yeah, it's, it's very satisfying once you get a system going and you're like, right, that piece there, that piece there. Yeah, you just get into a rhythm. It's good shit. So I think we're going to become professional jigsaw puzzle uh contestants i don't know if that's a thing it's probably a world <laughs> for that, but we'll probably enter that but um yeah that's that's going well other than that this week um i went in to my office actually uh went into work for the first time in probably seven months i think maybe eight months seven months eight months um because my boss was like i'm going in do you want to go in <laughs> said, yeah go on then why not um so it wasn't actually it wasn't too bad because it's a bit of a break from just sitting at home so i don't right. mind you know one day kind of getting out getting up a bit early well saying that i had to wake up at 6 30 uh, leave the house at 7 30 that was a bit of a shock um after getting up at 10 to 9 for the last year um yeah i did that office wasn't too bad but i'll tell you something lads it drags when you're sat in the office i don't know if you've been back at all the last no year, no yes Honestly, when you're sat there and you can't like wander around the house just <laughs> doing little things or, or look at your phone every five minutes, you actually have to yeah. just sit there and look at your screen 
Right. Yeah. Oh my god! I was looking at my clock and it was like thirteen minutes past nine, and I've been up for three hours already. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, the day should be over by now. Anyway, so yeah, it was nice to get out for a day, but God, was I relieved when I when I left and came home and didn't have to get up on Friday and do it again. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I can ever go back to five days a week of, of commuting to an office. It's hell basically yeah um yeah that was it kind of broke up the week and something a little bit different so that was nice uh yeah and then michelle and i saturday morning got up quite well not too early about nine or ten or something went up to london we see a little food market get some uh, nice grub there had some uh blackened cajun style chicken which is really oh, yes. really enjoyed that and we had a little bit of a walk and then came home and then Saturday evening, we basically spent four hours uh, watching Eurovision and doing our jigsaw puzzle, which was mm. probably the most fun I've had in many, many years, to be honest. <laughs> Rather than going out to a pub, a club, no thank you. Jigsaw and Eurovision, sorted. <laughs> for me. We were supposed to go to a farmer's market today, and then we forgot to do it. Yeah. There was one in the oh. park next to us, but there was too much. There was dog, and we had football on. Yeah. Next life got, life got in the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went to I went to a market yesterday. To, um, so we had a big market weekend on this podcast. Oh, there's one particular stall. They're a crepe stall, but they do savory stuff. Oh, breakfast crepe, cheese, loads and loads of cheese, rashers and egg. Oh, oh amazing and incredibly messy. And I'm just eating it in public, looking like a, 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 an out of control child, um, just absolutely <laughs> destroying this crepe. Um, anyway, that's the old uh, uh, life go for the week, folks. Well, speaking of there, Joe did mention it, the Eurovision. I did not watch the Eurovision, lads, so this is very much going to be another football segment. So why, don't you, why don't you chat through <laughs> us about the, the league standings and who's going up and who's going down in Europe? Who's getting kicked out of Europe? Actually, funnily enough, based on the score, it does make sense that uh, <laughs> uh, the UK is being relegated. <laughs> No, unlike um, unlike the EU, we're still putting a lot of money into Eurovision, so they can't get, they can't get rid of us. Maybe Boris will get a bus and say, instead of sending ten million pounds to Eurovision, let's spend it on the NHS instead. Um, yeah, it was a shambles. It was a shambles. I didn't hear. I didn't hear any of the songs. Was the UK song really bad? Do you think, or was it just spite? No, not really. I don't know, Paul. What did you think of it? For the audio uh, contingent, which is everyone, uh, Paul was nodding his head when I asked that question. Like on, worse than Germany's? No, but then Germany only finished on three points. <laughs> so we're yeah. splitting hairs a bit. Um, no, I mean I don't think it was as bad as Germany's, but Germany's at least had an angle to it. Hmm. where the UK literally found some bloke off the street, stu- stu- stuck him in a in Sam Allardyce's jacket, put oh, a, cha- yeah. a chain on him, and went, go on, sing this completely naff song. Um, No, Germany was worse. Germany was like Jedward nails on, oh. a, cho- on a chalkboard. But, you know, in in six weeks' time... If you asked me, do you remember the German entry? I would say, yeah, it was awful. Do you remember the UK one? No, <laughs> don't remember it at all. Um, no, there, there, there was probably more than that that were worse than the UK's, but the, like the UK's one was just so flat in every regard. He's just a guy. Like there was nothing. No, there was no like uh, flourish to the like presentation. The, the song itself was nothing. Yeah. 
because he's James Newman. He's he's had some hits, but he was well more well known for being like a kind of collaborator with like Calvin Harris and right. Mental. Right. Like he's not a sort of big performer in his own right. He's not exactly Elton John. You know what I mean? No. He's he's a vocalist. Who, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah. But he's not a star. In his own I right. think. Outside, outside of our shitty irony entries like the Jedward and Dustin, I think that's also been Ireland's problem for ages. It's constantly yeah. just a bloke with a guitar. It's like, come on, it's Eurovision. Yeah. We used to be good at this. Why is it just a fucking a chap who looks like if you saw him start strumming a guitar at a house party, you'd slap him? Like, oh my yeah. god, let's get a bit of color up here, you know? And then they go so far in the opposite direction, they get a dead word, and it's just like, Ugh, okay. But that's I think that's the right direction is the dead word direction because. But they can't sing. <laughs> like, well, I know, I know. But Eurovision, you you either have to be like have a really good song, a really good performer. Or a really good act, like a good presentation of the of the performance, right. like um, which UK and Ireland, as you said, in recent years have been like zero for three, and you that was right. the case for both. Because I watched also the semifinals, both of them this year, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, Ireland had a, like a little concept thing, but it was fairly nothingy. Like they right. they they just had like set up um, little windows in front of the camera basically and they would like swap them out for different like settings but it was like nothing it wasn't like quirky or or kitsch in the way that eurovision successes tend to be um but yeah the shows were good i think the general quality of the songs was probably up from recent years it was probably one one of the best overall shows i think yeah, I thought it was actually really good. Like, every, not every song, but probably nearly every other song was actually pretty good. I was like, oh, surprising. Yeah. I mean, I found a lot of the Eastern Bloc songs, like Russia, um, Moldova, Albania, mm. um, Azerbaijan, they all kind of <laughs> sounded the same to me. They, right. they would be like a Eurovision, like Europop bonky 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 song but, the, but then the chorus would be like like a, a borat song do you know what i mean like it would have that kind of sound to it i'm like these songs and they're not gonna do well um i also <laughs> predicted that israel was not gonna do well for various reasons um, well, well that's it people said uk didn't do well because of brexit and politics and everything yeah. but israel did all right <laughs> i mean they're in the news a bit more than we are yeah um, <laughs> i don't know if it was that or if the song was just that no, but then you know they do the jury vote and then they do the public vote so usually um the jury vote will kind of abstain from taking into account political or yeah. geographical yeah. um reasons for voting whereas the public vote will be oh like i i can't think off the top of my head what it would have been but like ukraine give 12 points to russia <laughs> regardless of what their song was you know yeah um but i had a little bet ski on the eurovision which i'm very happy with i had um first of all the one that didn't come in i i thought that el diablo song was going to do better than it did the one that sounded like um bad romance by lady mm-hmm. gaga I had 250 on that each way, meaning if it finished in the, in the top four, um, I'd win some money. I had that 66 to one. Uh, unfortunately, didn't it even, I think, come in the top 15? And never mind the top four. But I had 250 each way on Iceland, um, and they did finish in the top four. Was that the Lincoln Park one? No, that was oh, Finland. That, that was, was Finland. 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 Iceland was where the people, two of them had COVID, so they weren't actually there. 
Oh yeah, with yeah. the like jumpers on with their face on it and the little dance like this. Oh yeah, uh, and then I had a fiver on Italy to win, which of course they nice. did. Um, yeah, I was big on Italy. I, I hadn't seen the full performance. They showed like a thirty-second clip of it on the one of the semifinals. I was like, "Ooh, that's the one. That's a meaty fucking rock song." Mm. And it's been a while since a rock song won it. Um, and yeah, yeah, I thought Italy were great. I thought Cy- I really liked Cyprus. I really liked, um, as I said, El Diablo. That song I liked Iceland. France and Switzerland were both very good in a very Eurovision way. The France song sounded a bit like Charles Avenivore. Switzerland was a bit radio heady in a way. He sounded a bit like Tom York. Looked a bit like Tony Headley <laughs> from Spando Ballet. Um, who else did I like off it? Portugal, I thought, was very good, but then they got like 10 points in the public vote and they looked yeah. very pissed off by it. Oh, that was hilarious. I think it's grown on me the um, the way they do the vote now. <laughs> um, I was a bit disappointed because they each each kind of um, representative of each country only does the twelve points, whereas they used to, I think they used to do every single. They used to do every point, point but now, right? now there's thirty nine entries, yeah, it's too many so now gone forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that, but it has grown on me the way they do the big sort of dump of, of uh, public yeah. um, points at the end because it's just so funny. I mean, the first four, I think, all got zero. Which yeah. I, every time they went to zero again, I just laughed so hard. UK, <laughs> UK was obviously it was like something from the office because it was oh, so yeah. it made my toes curl. Like the UK in the public vote, you have received zero points, and the camera is just fixated on the artist waiting to find out how many points yeah. they got. And it's like Germany, you have received from the public. Also zero points. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Can they just skip the block of people who got zero and just say, "Look, move on. You, you got zero. Yeah. Oh god! It was. It was. And Netherlands, the host country. They're like, and Netherlands, our our own act. You have received also zero points. <laughs> oh my god! What the? Oh, it was very, very, very funny. Um, and then you had the Mal- the Malta uh, song. Um, with the, um, what was it called? Jumacas. Which everyone loved. And I thought it was like fine. And then she just sat there looking completely like unimpressed by the whole thing. Every time they, they'd cut to her, she'd just be sitting there like, <laughs> like this. Um, and yeah, I mean... One thing as well, and Flo, we didn't even mention Flo Rida. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Flo Rida featuring on one of the songs uh, of San Marino, the, like, fourth smallest country in the world. Wait, that's not allowed, surely. Well, it happened, yeah. mate. <laughs> he was there si- singing the song. Um, San Marino native Flo Rida <laughs> from the northeast uh, of Italy. Um. What else? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the, the songs were generally good. Um, although they, the the comedy they did while the voting was going on was like, like watching WWE. It was so un- <laughs> unfunny and so lame. Mm. And uh, then they had like um, 
medley of like past winners and you had lordy who i love lordy from 2006 but they like yeah. played for 45 seconds to like a, a back backing track they didn't even sing it so what again like wwe they kind of promoted one thing and then what you got was something entirely different but uh yeah real happy with italy winning as i said had a bit of financial interest in that and that came to be um and then that's it for another year. It's good. It's good. It's, it's, where is it next year? Italy. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, the winning, the winning. Countries. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's always in the in the winning countries. Yeah, they have they haven't changed that yet. No. Um. Already. Uh, any other TV worth talking about this week, boys? Well, another episode of Mayor of East Town mm. uh, done. There's only two remaining. Um. Really good episode, this last one. Probably the best one since the uh, series opener. Um, I won't say too much about it. It was one of the episodes that felt like... like number On one hand, it felt like a season finale in terms of quality and things that happened in it, like the importance of things that happened in it and the tension of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, simultaneously, without one say anything, I, I would, okay, I would say it's the kind of thing that, like, if you have any interest in watching it, I would say get on it quick before the finale rolls around and you're you can't escape it. Right. Um, the fifth episode, really, really good. Uh, the last like ten minutes of it were very, very tense. <laughs> very um, big things happened in it. Uh, as I said last week, I. The longer the show goes on, the less I actually care about the mystery and the more I just care about the characters in the show. Right. Um, uh, because it's got great, great, strong, memorable characters and, and a, a really well-developed like ensemble cast. Uh, and while we will eventually find out... like One of the mysteries kind of gets solved in episode five, but in a general sense, we'll find out everything over the next two episodes. Um, it, I'm more interested in the resolutions for the characters themselves. Right. I, I I say that's something that's kind of happening in the background is while they're laying out the the murder mystery and the little breadcrumbs, the actual character arcs are, are happening. You're not even really sorry. You're not even really paying attention to it, but it's actually really well done. Um. So I'll say no more other than it's great and people should watch it. Uh, five episodes are out so far on. The old Sky uh, Atlantic over here, HBO in the US. And it's great. And try not to get spoiled because I basically went into it blind. And that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll, I'll try and get to that soon. Um, not much telly here. Still watching Adventure Time Season 1. And the old Blu-ray, which is fantastic. We started Season 3 of Taskmaster, which is... Um, not not as hilarious, but good, good. Uh, the only new thing I watched this week was I watched the first episode of Modoc, right on the old Disney Plus, Disney Plus over here, Hulu in the states. If you're so inclined, also if you're in the states, I believe they have dropped the whole season. Disney are doing their thing again, their their weekly thing, which I don't I don't love, but uh, yeah, really good, really fun. Um, it, it's it's. A stop motion, which is always great. Um, uh, it looks really good, really, really good looking show. 
Uh, and, you know, it's a kind of uh, adult animated thing about Modoc, who's this Marvel character who's just like, uh, well, I don't know what he's like in the actual, um, the actual Marvel stuff, like, you know, the comics and stuff. But in this, he's very much portrayed as this sort of uh, world conquering evil genius who's sort of fallen on hard times and his company is getting bought out and he's a he's a they, they've kind of got this kind of weird skewed family sitcom dynamic where he has a normal wife and they have two kids one of which is normal the other one is like a little female modoc which is basically a, a gigantic head in a wheelchair um and that's the that's the vibe uh, but it's good it's 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 funny it's a, it's written and produced and starring uh, Patton Oswalt. Um, I think Modoc is like this pet project because he's actually written loads of the comics. Um, I keep meaning to read them, uh, but yeah, it's good fun. If that type of animated show is your vibe, uh, I think I think you'll have fun with it. Really easy twenty minute watch or twenty five minute watch. Um, but yeah, no other no other new telly for me beyond that. Okay, cool. alrighty. Uh, we can jump in to the movies. Uh, am I the only one who watched the new? Zack Snyder joint. What um, service was this on? Netflix. Netflix. It is a Netflix production. Um, I believe it is also in cinemas if you are in a country that has cinemas uh, currently. uh, Even though it has big, you know, big giant. They Netflix is in the credits like three times. It's like Netflix. We fucking made this movie, but you can see it in cinema. I think in the UK and the US. Um, But I would one thing to consider about where or how you watch it. The big old steaming pile of shit, baby. <laughs> big old fucking fat turd of a movie. Oh, um, uh, you know, so it, it is not as good as either Zack Snyder's last movie, which was the Justice League, nor is it as good as his previous zombie movie, which is the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which is kind of like the universally agreed upon. This is like this is the good Zack Snyder movie. Um, depending on whether or not you want to debate about you know, fucking 300, or you want to talk to the freaks who like the Batman movies. Um, Dawn of the Dead is really good. Uh, this one, Army of the Dead, is what we're talking about. Uh, you know it's going to be bad because he directed it, he produced it, he wrote it, he's the cinematographer for this one, and uh, I was legitimately going in hoping and thinking I would like it. I was like, okay, I, I, I unironically, unabashedly thought his version of Justice League was tremendous. It's the only film that's four hours long that I watched in one sitting and didn't even complain. I was actually perfectly happy watching it. I thought it was great. Um, I like his zombie movie. And I watched the trailer for this one. And the trailer came out and I was like, that looks, it looks fucking great. It's like sitting like post-apocalyptic uh, um, Las Vegas. They've got like it's, waves, all the CGI looks good. And they've got hundreds of thousands of zombies on screen. At once. I'm like, hey, let's fucking go. Exactly. I'm, I'm a Zach guy now. I'm going to get a Batman Avi and just uh, be abusive to people on Twitter in your name now. Um, uh, and then I just watched this and it's just dog shit. I mean, it's just so bad. Uh, he's a horrible writer. And the other thing I, I, I watched is that I, I, it's not too often he, he, you know, goes, he does everything. He goes full Hideo Kojima and does everything in this movie. And he's listed as the director of, of photography. The movie looks like shit. There is so much and such intense, um, like focus. Like there's, there's uh, one scene where there's like a really early on, there's like a woman, she's like uh, packing, you know, they're gearing up. It's kind of a heist movie. And it's like her face is in focus, but behind her and the thing she's holding like like right in front of her face out of focus. I'm like, what? This looks fucking horrible. Um, it doesn't have, you know, whether you like it or you hate it, the super clean, slow-mo, 
kind of heavy green screen stuff like you see in Watchmen or, or Justice League, uh, you know, which you can either, you either love it or you hate it. I actually do kind of like it, even though I don't like his movies. It's not in this at all. It, 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 does, it looks like such a, other than the budget being huge, because it actually does, special effects wise, it actually looks really good. This is like some of the best looking like CGI gore I've ever seen. Like it is genuinely good in that regard. But other than the budget, it looks like such a like straight to DVD film from some guy you've never heard of because it's just really basic in how it's shot, really basic in how how it's 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 kind of structured. There's bits of it where they're trying to be like wacky zombie movie, like Zombieland, and then Dave Bautista's character is, has this incredibly dark, fucking self serious Zack Snyder arc. Um, uh, there's um, of course way too much time and energy is put into like humanizing zombies there's a moment like in the second half of this movie that will be infamous it will be it'll be this movie's uh how did you know that name martha it'll be that it, it has a moment like that halfway through the film it has a moment that i think is is on par with the hallelujah sex scene it's so fucking stupid and so kind of try hard big brain i'm making a, a thinking man zombie movie oh it's terrible so and the other thing is it's two and a half hours long and and i think after loving justice league and hating this i think i've realized that there really is no such thing as a movie that's just too long it's just bad that's the problem it's just bad mm -hmm. and if it was good and it's four hours long i'll watch it and this one the problem isn't that it's two and a half hours long it's that i was i was out of patience an hour and a half in and then it just kept going Oh, I was so disappointed because, like I said, the trailer really made this look good. It doesn't do anything remotely fun um, with the with the setting or the concept. Uh, in true Snyder fashion, there's a fantastic opening montage of Las Vegas getting zombified, people getting murdered. The cast of characters, uh, you kind of see them in the opening montage. It's kind of setting up who they are. Here they are in the zombie apocalypse. It's kind of like a post-zombie apocalypse movie. Right. where society is kind of resumed but las vegas is like this quarantined hellhole where it's just zombie mania um so you get, you get to see all the characters doing all their stuff you get to see uh showgirls with their titties out being zombified and running around and, eating people. and, and i'm like oh you know this seems fun and then the rest of the movie is a bunch of people standing around having boring conversations and and, and lots of walking and talking and then there's you know every now and then they kill a zombie and then once you think it's kind of a heist movie and you think, okay, once they go into Vegas, it kind of, it'll, it's going to kick off and it's going to be crazy, but it's not kicking off and crazy because we have to have zombie lore and we have to have, there's a, I, I really don't want to give away what the thing is in this movie, but there's like a central romance among the leader of the zombies. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Cause you watch the trailer and it's kind of, it is kind of a zombie land ish kind of trailer. You're like, Oh, Dave Batista running along casino table, bah, 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 slow motion. Oh my God. Did you see that shit? Oh, yeah. I saw it. Bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, okay, this will be fun. <laughs> it's absolutely not fun. It's so not fun. Um, so that was a big giant bummer. Um, well, we'll give that a watch. I did. So I'd heard yeah. a bit about it, but I didn't realize it was Zack Snyder because I just that passed me by. And so I saw it on Netflix and watched like the little, you know, five seconds of preview. Yeah. And it was like a comedy scene with Batista and some jerk off guy going, oh, How do I kill the zombie? Well, you've never killed a zombie before? Oh, <laughs> no. What do I do? Hit it in the head? Oh, you hear you kicking up the arse. And, uh, I don't know. It, was, it looks terrible. I thought, nah, I'd probably give that a miss. Actually, yeah, he's he's not funny. That's the thing about Zack Snyder is that as as much as you can ridicule him for all the self serious stuff, he's not funny at all. Mm. His scripts are never funny. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, give that one a miss. The other thing I watched, which I, I honestly don't know if I want to tell you to give it a miss or not. I watched The First Purge, mm. which is like the fourth one of them, I think. I think it's the fourth <laughs> or third or fourth. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, how much of the purges have you seen? I've seen the first one and then this one. The first one being the one that was released initially. Zero. Goose egg. Zero. Okay, well, based on the two that I've seen, you're not really missing much. Obviously, the concept is really cool, but I thought the first one was so boring. Oh, my God, it's incredibly boring. Um, it kind of just plays, like, other than the kind of the intriguing idea, it kind of just plays out like the strangers. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's a dude in, in a nice house. Right. Uh, the first purge is weird because... Before I get into what's kind of interesting about it and what I liked about it, it's just another Purge movie, uh, really. It's like uh, a lot of really terrible dialogue, uh, not that great action, um, you know, some brief flashes here and there of like cool action here and there. Uh, con- conversely, from Army of the Dead, lots of terrible CGI. CGI blood left, right, and center, it all looks horrible. Um, not very good performances. Some are okay, most are not very good. So it's like not that it's it's not very good, generally speaking, as a movie. Um, the, th- the only thing that's kind of out there about it is that is the the if you if you kind of write down the storyline and you were to read a summary of it, you might think that's kind of fucking wild. But then when you watch the movie, it's betrayed by everything else being shitty. So the way they established so the, obviously as the name implies, this is the first time they basically tried this concept because in the first movie, it's already a yearly tradition. And the way they, they, they do it is this new political party came up in America. And they're like, forget the Democrats, forget the Republicans. We're going to restore, you know, we're going to bring back America and all this other stuff. And they have the most, so the most obviously, we're making this a Nazi flag without, without using a Nazi flag, um, flag going. And so they come up with this idea of, hey, like, like, let's just, the, the, the opening half hour where they set up the, the world, it's very kind of rushed. And so basically the movie begins and they're just like, hey, let's just do a purge. Um, and so we need a little test ground to do it, like a small, isolated place where we can do an experiment. And if it works, we then expand it to the national, right? So they pick Staten Island, right? So it's the little, that little island just off the main kind of mainland of New York. And the way they kind of play it up is like obviously Staten Island is a lot of you know lower income you know community, and the main the main cast is a lot of you know African Americans and stuff like that. And then they're kind of being watched over by politicians and analysts who are all kind of pasty faced, kind of like white people staring at computer screens, you know, going we we could do with two point five percent more violence here among this blah blah blah. Um, and so basically, that's that, that's kind of the premise. So, you know, you, you get the gist kind of early on, like, okay, we're doing a little bit of social commentary here. But then it's kind of like the vast majority of people in the island are, this is spoilers, by the way, I'm just telling you what the plot is, so I don't think anyone's going to watch it. Um, they, 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 they're kind of looking at it and they're going, they're not really participating. People are, like, fighting. One dude killed a guy at an ATM. It's not really going... So let's like covertly like these two guys go off and into the shadows. Like we need to kind of mix this up a little bit. So they like send in like mercenaries and cops and the KKK to go in and basically just like start murdering people, inciting violence. So they start kicking off a fight and then they get killed. And then one of the one of the people who's in the the fancy futuristic uh, evil politicians office is like this is outrageous. You're you're mm. skewing the numbers and they 
again, one of the problems, as interesting as this kind of premise is, is they say all of it, it it's really exposition dumpy. Um, and the the evil the evil fash politicians like who we you know who cares if a bunch of poors kill each other we have a national debt problem you want them sucking up welfare all fucking for the rest <laughs> of the fifty years it was like okay you you kind of didn't have to just say it I kind of got what the theme <laughs> of the movie was um, there was no need to just have a scene where he says it but um, so I was kind of impressed that a movie that is somewhat no, you know, well-known, big Hollywood movie in a decent-sized franchise had that premise, but unfortunately the rest, it's just not a very good movie uh, to carry that concept along, uh, which was a shame. I didn't know how to feel about it because I was like, this movie is largely badly made, but I, I'll probably remember that aspect of it for quite a while. But um, I, can't, I can't honestly say you should rush out and get your Purge box set and, um, and power through it over the next weekend. But um, yeah, that was the that was the movies for me this week. Um, not great. I need to watch something good next week. Well, I haven't watched any new kind of movies. Watched a doc- new documentary uh, that's on Sky Documentaries. So it's by Alex Gibney, who's done a lot of kind of big documentaries. He did uh, the one about Enron. He did Going Clear, Going oh. Going Clear, the Scientology um, documentary as well. So you know, I, I like his stuff, and he's. He's done a new two-part documentary called The Crime of the Century, um, which is not a great title, to be honest, but it's about the the opioid crisis in America over the last 20 years. So um, essentially what happened was, you know, these these pharmaceutical companies developed this new type of painkiller, which, you know, as is described in the film, was essentially like heroin in pill form. Like it was just like shooting up heroin, essentially. Uh, and so it was, you know, it was a legitimate kind of pill for people who were in severe pain, you know, people that kind of at the end of their life or recovering from surgery, things like that. Um, but of course, you know, it being the American healthcare system, it's not enough just to sell it to people that need it. You have to sell it to everyone because then you make lots more money. Um, so essentially, it kind of documents how they took this incredibly, you know, potentially dangerous drug if used the wrong way. And just marketed it in a way that it began to be used just for people that had a backache or mm. you know had a minor injuries and said, oh yeah, you can you can use this. You can't get addicted to it. You know, it's um, it's perfectly safe. It's a wonder drug. Um, so it kind of details that and details um, all of their sort of efforts to um, get around the you know the legality of it, right. um, how they kind of sort of corrupted doctors and and it's. I mean, I say only in America, but it's just the way the system is exists there. And I'm sure, you know, both you guys will have seen the the adverts for medication, you know, during mm-hmm. episodes of Roar and stuff, where it's like, ask your doctor about flipinipinil, you know, it yeah. will give you anal bleeding, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And it's just this kind of market where they're pushing drugs to doctors and then doctors are almost, you know, offering it like a product rather than just giving people drugs that... Um, that they actually need yeah so it's, it's a it's a really good documentary i say it's a bit too long it's a two-parter and then so it goes on it's oh, it must be three four hours long over the two parts um, and although it's a really interesting topic with lots to talk about i think it was a bit, a bit slow paced at, at points um and it does have some really good characters in it but i don't think it quite kind of it doesn't have those moments you get in certain documentaries that just like really stand out in terms of characters and bits of story and things like that. 
Um, but still, still really, really good, really, really interesting. Um, I'd say the only problem is it is one of those documentaries where you're just constantly infuriated. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it's, you know, big business, it's politicians, like collaborating with them to make it all easy. Um, and it's, yeah, and you, it's one of those things where you think, well, what could you do? You know, I mean, you've got, eventually, obviously, they, they have, you know, it's come out as a big story and everything. It's one of those things where you just think it's too big for anyone to do anything about it. It's just all this all this collusion between huge, huge companies and, and politicians. Um, so you're just constantly thinking, I'd like to just kill everyone in this. <laughs> awful. You know, what, what can you do? Um, but yeah, but still a very kind of interesting, interesting documentary on, on that quite fascinating subject. I think it was something like 200,000 overdoses um, across 20 years, you know, for people who didn't need to overdose. They were given drugs that they didn't need. Uh, for for profit so yeah very very upsetting but yeah very interesting documentary yeah i've um i just uh, while you were describing it there just popped it onto the old watch list of the old now tv it sounds good mm. i still haven't seen going clear when you when you said he, he did that as well that's i that's a big oversight on my part i know that was uh, yeah. wildly acclaimed and the talk of the town for a while um but yeah i'll i'll, I'll watch that it sounds interesting um it's the TV guff there as well for the day, um, or the movie guff rather. Uh, jumping into the game guff, uh, Paul, what have you been playing this week? Uh, yeah, no movies for me, as you would have just heard. Um, mm. I I did think about watching Army of the Dead actually, but as someone who number one doesn't really care about zombies as a genre, um, and number two doesn't particularly like Zack Snyder, yeah. Uh, as a director, as I, as we said before, for all intents and purposes, seems like a lovely guy. <laughs> but yeah. as, as far as films go, they're not for me. Um, so as someone with like a very meager interest in watching it, like insofar as it's a new film, it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Watch it and be part of the conversation. The two and a half hour runtime was is what held me yeah. back from watching it so like like you said maybe insofar as actually watching it the the length of movie can be an issue or not um for me it was an issue in terms of actually even giving it a go which i might do what i'm not particularly fussed about um games yeah we took a trip down memory lane so um as we know there was time splitter news yes in the news this week news in the news uh, the folks who comprised Free Radical, which itself was kind of an offshoot of people who worked for Rare and developed GoldenEye and um, Perfect Dark, namely David Doak, um, they're making a new Time Splitters game. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Time Splitters, particularly Time Splitters 2, which I have on the uh, Nintendo GameCube. Uh, and again, I, it's easy for me to say now, but like, I'm so happy that I kept all my old games and all my yeah. old systems. Yeah. Because Time Splitters was in the news and I'm just like, fuck, I, I loved Time Splitters too. And so I just, from the cabinet behind me, I just took it out, opened it up, popped it in, and started playing it. Like it was 2002, I think, is when this came out. Yeah, yes. 2002. Um, and not only that, right? But I'm so happy I kept all my GameCube memory cards because I still have my save from 2002. 
There you go. Um, I have a 99.1 completion on Time Splitters 2. <laughs> um, so I pretty much did it all. There was one challenge uh, I wasn't able to complete in it, which I'm not going to try now because I'm worse at the game now than I was uh, in 2002. But uh, yeah, it was great to play a bit of Time Splitters 2. I, I probably haven't even taken the disc out in a good 15 years. <laughs> um, so I have the Wii set up. The Wii is backwards compatible with GameCube, of course. Um, and I have my Wii 2 HD add-on, which is an adapter that lets you put a HDMI cable into the back of the Wii, because the Wii itself doesn't have HDMI support. It was a, an SD console. Um, but I was able to play a nice, not necessarily upscaled, but a sharper imaged version of Time Spirits 2 that you might have been able to play if you played at the time on the GameCube or even on the Wii. Uh, it's great. It's it's really like I've been playing the campaign this week specifically, um, and it's 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 great. And it's so so different to what shooters are now, which kind of yeah. has me a bit anxious about what this new time splitter is going to turn out to be. Whether they kind of stick with the old model or whether they they need yeah. to kind of modernize it more because it's it's very similar in setup to like the Gold Nine Perfect Darks of the world, in that it has three difficulty three difficulty settings like easy medium hard and depending on what you choose what it does is it changes the um objectives you have to complete on the level like gives you more objectives to do um rather than simply upscaling the damage you take and the damage you do and it's put more enemies and so on and so forth so it's 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 a, a clever way of doing difficulty and actually encourages you to play it on the various difficulties because it, it really changes the level layout and how you attack the levels because of the, the objectives you have to do. Um, so, for instance, the first level is uh, a Siberian Dam, which is also the setting of the first level of GoldenEye 007, um, which is a nice little nod to their roots. And so on easy mode, you basically just clear out the... There's like a, a bunker and... Um, at the bottom, you find that there's like a, a dig site where they found a time spitter related um, item. You find the right. time time crystal there. You escape through the time portal. It's it's fairly easy. You can probably beat beat it on easy in like I don't know ten minutes. Uh, but playing it on medium adds like a boss battle, which isn't there in the easy mode, and adds an entire area of the level, which is locked out on easy mode because the objectives you have to complete don't include going there. So the experience playing it on easy versus playing it on medium is entirely different. Like um, you're going to different areas and doing different things, even though it's taking place on the same level. So that's one aspect of the game I really like. Um, it's also by no means like a run and gun game. You have to be very specific in how you ration your ammo because each level has a very fixed amount of ammo. You just have what you find in the level and what you can get from enemies. And that's right. it. And because the way the objectives are laid out, if you miss something, you might have to double back and the enemies do respawn. So it's very possible that you are going to run out of ammo at some stage. So almost like a Resident Evil game, you have to be very um, conservative with how you use your ammo and whether you use your big guns on weaker enemies or whether you kind of save those in case something big comes later down the line. Uh, and also that encourages replay of the levels because um, it did happen to me on 
Like I've played through the first five levels now of ten. There are ten levels in the campaign. Um, but it happened to me that I've run out of ammo. <laughs> and so what you do is, um, through replaying the levels, you get a good idea of the layout of where the enemies are. And so you, right. can, you can anticipate better where they are and how they'll attack you. And so you f- waste less ammo the more you replay the level by virtue of being able to pick the enemies off more and more easily, which allows you to get further into the game almost in a kind of roguelike feeling way. It's, it's, been, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a rogue game by any means. But it is in the sense of like each run you take at the level, uh, your the knowledge gets better of the layout of the level, yeah. <laughs> and so you know it, it, I really really like that aspect of it. In insofar as it has objectives that you have to be aware of, and you have to kind of pay attention very closely to the layout of the like. For instance, you'll have something like um, one of the levels is set in like Prohibition era Chicago, right? And so you have to drain four barrels of whiskey as you go through the level. It's like shoot the barrels to make the whiskey come out and drain the barrels. So you're constantly looking around into rooms. Is there a barrel in here? Is there a barrel in here? And it happened to me that I got to the end of the level, um, but the the portal at the end doesn't um, render unless you have completed all the objectives. So I had to double back and find the barrel. All right. And then, of course, the next run I do, I know where the barrels are. So I'm not I can pay more attention to other things that maybe I wasn't focusing on the first one. Um, on the other hand, things that aren't great about it or that haven't aged well, uh, the aiming is not very good. It still has that floaty aim that people might remember from Golden Eye or Perfect Dark, which yeah. is like if you lean back, you know, let's say you pull back on the aim stick, you, you're anticipating that's just going to move up, right, and remain there. But the aim is constantly trying to center itself. So you have to hold it at a very specific angle. It's it's very, very hard to use. And so as a result, the game has auto-aim, which was also present in, in the original GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. However, the auto-aim itself is also not really... Um, it's, it's not really uh, reliable insofar as if you're aiming at someone up a flight of stairs or down a flight of stairs, sometimes the auto-aim does won't, won't trigger that they're on the same plane as you. And so you have to aim manually, and the manual aim is rubbish. <laughs> so um, that's really the aspect of the game that hasn't aged very well. The game itself looks great for a game from nearly 20 years ago. Yeah, um, It has voice acting in uh, cutscenes. The character designs are cartoony, but are like aged quite well. And the only thing that's a little bit uh, old looking are like the textures aren't very high definition, as you might expect. And the levels are maybe more linear than you might remember. It's very like corridory. Um, They're not like big open area levels where you can really explore. There's really one path through, but there'll be lots of like side rooms, but not side rooms that link to other side rooms. Just you have a side room, you go in, you come out, you're back on the main path and you follow to the end. And in that sense, the game is also almost like like a 2D Mario game insofar as you have a start point and you have an end point. And your goal in the level is to get to the end goal while right. doing the objectives on the way, um, which is also an angle of it, of the, the game that I like. It has a very definitive end point to every level. You know every level, get the time crystal, go through the time portal, and jump to the next time period. So I've done... Siberian Dam, I've done Chicago, uh, I've gone to the future, I think it's like Planet 47 or something, and it's like an alien sci-fi level, I've done Notre Dame in Paris, and I've done, 
whatever is the fifth one, I don't remember. But um, oh, Neo Tokyo, I've done as well, which is like a stealth level. Which again, all the levels <laughs> feel very different. But um, no, it's it's great. Um, I would definitely like them to stick to that kind of same formula while modernizing it. But I don't want the yeah. Tyson to become. You know, a Call of Duty clone or a, like no. a, a Roman Gun game because that's not what Time Spheres was. To be honest, I'd rather they keep it like the same core, ga- Golden Eye, me- you know, mechanics, um, while updating the controls because the controls are the one thing that have not aged well. But anyway, that's Time Spheres too. Definitely a very fun game, even if the campaign is shorter than you might remember. Like I've I've only been playing it for a handful of hours and I'm halfway through it, and playing it on the various difficulties. So. That's about that for Time Spinners. And also, I've been playing uh, what I think is the the best-selling launch title of all time, and that's Wii Sports um, yes. on the Wii. Yeah. Uh, did a bit of multiplayer on that uh, with the brother. Played a bit of Wii Golf. Got absolutely annihilated at that. <laughs> um. It's hard. Uh, and this was obviously because it's a launch game. This was before the Wii Motion Plus, which they released like halfway through the system uh, system's lifespan, um, which which actually went more of a way to um, replicating actual movements with the with the Wii mode. Um, as far as that original game uh, or, or original like Wii system. Uh, the controller without the motion plus add-on is not very good at actually replicating your movements, which makes right. which makes the um, the accuracy required for playing golf um, not really there. So you will be like teeing off, and you just you know swing the wheel. Obviously, we were actually standing up and and doing the movements just to have the most fun playing it. But you can actually just you know swing your arm um, very. Now, a very small amount. You can just like with a flick of the wrist do it basically. But you know, you're like one foot from the hole, and so you have to stand up and do the putting action. But it's very hard for you when you're so close to the hole to register a very, very small amount of power. Yeah, yeah it, it only reads like, you know, you have chosen power drive. <laughs> it's basically that. So I found that I don't know, my brother was very good at it. I think he finished on like two over par while I finished on like 20 over. Um, I did not have a good time of it, but um, I, I was never a fan of the golf anyway. Back in the day, I used to like the bowling a lot and the tennis a lot. Never really played the golf, but um, yeah, when, when we turned it on, it had our previous best scores. Uh, my previous best was 44 over, which happily I, I beat this time. I'm not sure because only nine holes, so I don't know how I got. I must have scored. How was like, that your best score? <laughs> I wasn't good at it, clearly. <laughs> but, it um, fucking did me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it was nice to um, nice to go back and revisit Wii Sports, like the perfect party game of its era. It's not aged well, like controls wise, but it's definitely like there was a good nostalgia pang when we. Stuck in the Wii Sports, legitimately probably for the first time since 2006, yeah. um, when it came out. But like, it's great. The the, the little music, I was like, ah, Wii Sports music. Oh, the good old days. Um, and all the me's are still on there. I have my my me character with the little the little stubble and the little goatee beard, which I, I haven't had since I was about 17. Um. 
we had like Mario Mies and all these oh, all this stupid shit. But um, <laughs> yeah, really, really good fun. Um, that's basically the two games I've been playing. I played a bit of Pokemon Snap. Um, I was going to play a bit of Final Fantasy, but I just never got around to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Titus Fitters 2 and we we uh, Sports. Yeah. They're the two games I played this week. Interesting, yeah. I'm I, I'm with you on the on the whole time to this thing. I it's I, I just it strikes me when they announced that and they finally kind of said, Yes, we're getting the they're getting a team back together and they're calling them free radical, I think they said, and they're like, it's finally happening. It's like this to me just has the making of a why did this go tits up YouTube video in about ten years? Right. Because um, yeah. it's it's just yeah, I like I, I do. I want them to modernize it, but I don't want them to excessively modernize it. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want this to have a fucking battle pass or any of that shit. I think. I think people have such an idea in their head of what it is that they. It's gonna be. It's. It's cool, but it's a very tough balance to strike. Um, Yeah, and and it has stuff like local co-op campaign, which you don't see anymore. No. it has obviously a very short campaign. Probably the campaign is no longer than five hours, but it has loads and loads of challenges, and it has like arcade challenge mode, and has a yeah. map, a map maker. Ah, so much great stuff, and the, and the the multiplayer was so. You have deathmatch, you know, obviously team deathmatch, flame tag, virus mode, which is like you know ch- chasing basically in the game. Yeah, hide and seek, like so good. Oh, I love it. It really was just simpler times. Um, anyway, uh, I played a new game this week. I played a game from this decade. Oh, well, well done. <laughs> Specifically, the 2020s um, just came out on Friday. And it released to take one on the old Game Pass. Mwah, mwah. It's a surefire way for me to, to at least give you a try. Right. Um, I played Knockout City, which is from EA. And it has a real bang of like EA... 2004 5 ea sports big branding uh off it it is a a online multiplayer dodgeball game um and i was about to say with a twist but it's it's actually not even really with a twist there's some wacky levels and some wacky power-ups and special ball uh, types that you can get but uh, but it's fairly straightforward it's three versus three there's a the, the the offline component basically just seems to be trading. I I, I don't think there's too much else to it. Uh, it's three versus three, and the modes it has are essentially team deathmatch. You you if you get hit twice, you die, and the other team gets a point. You respawn. It's first to ten. Pretty straightforward. Right. Uh, the second mode is kind of like a, a kill confirmed in Call of Duty, where when you kill someone, you don't get a point. But they drop a currency, and your points are when you pick up that currency, and your teammates can swoop in and collect the currency to, to deny them that. Um, and there's also a one-on-one mode, and it's just really, really, really satisfying. Like I said, it has an EA big kind of SSX, maybe even FIFA or NBA sports-style presentation, kind of exaggerated character models, very colorful game. You can customize your character a little bit, give them different outfits, unlock new cosmetic items. But at its core, it's just a really fun, really fast dodgeball game. Um, you auto-target, so you're not aiming at people. It's not like a shooter in any kind of sense. Right. Yeah, it, it, you can... Um, uh, and so it's basically just you can charge your shot. The longer you charge it, the harder and faster it goes. And there's a catch button, and that's the main mechanic, is that you, you'll, you're you good if you can catch it in time, basically. 
Um, and as I, I played it for a few hours on Twitch and then I played it for a few hours offline this morning and I putting a few more hours into it, I was like, there's actually a lot of depth, depth in this. You can do fakes because when you do a defensive catch move, that kind of has some time associated with it. So it's kind of a big exaggerated catch. So if you catch the ball and then all of a sudden you're in control, but if you mistime the catch, the other person can fuck you up basically. So there's a feign. There's like a really convincing fake throw. There's curve balls. There's lobs. You can you can roll into a ball and be thrown as a ball yourself. You can you can there's a, a dodge move. There's a double jump. There's a glide. It's like it's it's just it's it's the kind of thing that I kind of wished. I, I kind of wish EA would get back to that kind of fun sports game type uh, of experience. It's like it's just a really fun, satisfying, really fast moving bang, 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 bang uh, online experience. Uh, and it's kind of no nonsense. I said obviously earlier I had to sign up to their shitty EA website service or whatever the fuck it is to just get in, which was a pain. But beyond that, um, there's no microtransactions that I've seen so far. Um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of cringy kind of EA things in it. It's just a really fun game. So yeah, I'm I'm really liking that. That is on Game Pass, and there's also a message on it again because I got it on Game Pass. I don't know. It says it's free for the first week. I don't know if that extends to all players or or what it is. But um, check your platform of choice, obviously, if it, if it sounds like your bag. But it's really really fun. Um, and I am hoping this, um. It's going to live or die based on whether or not people get into it. Do you know what I mean? I have not heard many people talking about it. I, I, uh, like with some games like Resident Evil Eight, which I want to play for myself in a few months. I'm, I'm dodging, fucking, don't say this to me. I don't want to know what it's like. I have, my, you know, oh, YouTuber and Twitch player X Y Z that I follow that I'm playing. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to watch. I have not heard a fucking peep about this thing. So who knows if in three months it'll even have an audience. But um, I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it. If anyone's looking for a kind of arcadey sports type experience that I think we are missing big time in games at the moment, uh, big time recommendation. I don't know if I'd be forking out 60 quid for it um, because it is like, you know, there's like four maps, three modes. It's not it's not the most expansive experience, but I'm, I'm really digging it. Right. So um yeah, I'll probably have a, I'll probably make, talk about it again next week. See see what it's like. But on Tuesday they're starting their league, which is like their ranked mode basically. So we'll see how serious that is. We'll see what what the you know how tense the competition is, and I'll, and I'll do a check in, I guess. But um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the game guff for this week. Um, I suppose we can segue into wrestling. Yeah. Um. I can't remember a thing that happened on Dynamite. Dynamite I recall, was was fairly tepid this week. I thought, uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, what happened? Well, um, opened with Christian Cage against Matt Sydal. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Um, again, I don't know. Christian is just this guy that has good, has good matches, but I kind of want him to. To be doing more than he is at the moment. Maybe look, maybe after the old battle royale at the Pape, he mm. will be. But seems like only yesterday he was like lifting up the world title and attacking Omega. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, you know, they made reference 
in the storyline to like, you know, oh, people are saying I'm coming in and I'm going straight for the world title. Maybe I need to get some wins. I wonder, given how ramshackle the world title build for the pay-per-view has been, I wonder if Cage and Omega was at one point the plan and then they switched lanes. Because they seem to have dropped the whole Cage Omega animosity after they built it for like two or three weeks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then they just suddenly went with uh, Omega against Pac or Orange Cassidy when like the week before they announced that at the Blood and Guts um, show, it was like Brian Cage and Adam Page were like ranked one and two or like Page was certainly number one and then Cage beat him. But then Cage, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a little wishy washy. I I don't know how they've landed at this three way main event. I, I I feel like something has to have gone wrong along the way. Maybe they were planning to do Paige, and they're like, eh, Paige is not. Paige is kind of cold. Let's let's do something else. But I don't know. I just don't know how this was the solution. Right. Um, and they they did the angle this week where they're gonna they're gonna give Cassidy an out, quote unquote. Yeah. Which might you know no one's saying this, but it kind of seems like it's kind of. This might be on the off chance he's not cleared to wrestle, which I kind of feel like you should know now if he's going to be cleared next Maybe, week to, yeah. to have a pay per view match. Um, Although I don't know how, he, how, as a babyface, they use that as the out though. Does he just? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. That, I won't take the title match. Like he needs to be. He needs to be beaten up backstage rather than. Yeah, because that flies yeah. in the face of what they just did with Darby Allen taking on yeah. Nero while injured. Yeah. Um. Yeah. God. Now I already think it's a fairly tepid main event, and this particular week I thought the Kenny. Orange thing was 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 okay as a segment, but hey, like for a AEW pay per view main event, it's super cold to me. Yeah. Four, four pay per views a year. Come on, there's no excuse for having a yeah. shit one. When it's WWE, you expect like yeah, monthly pay per view, well, yeah, whatever. whatever. But come on, this is um, it's like yeah, you don't really mind that they're like running back like Drew and Lashley again and throw broad. It's like yeah, well you know they they do a pay per view every three weeks. It feels like. Yeah. Um they did say Stadium Stampede is is closing, but I'm also I'm also the, the energy levels down on that one as well, you know. Um I know traditionally war games hasn't actually always been a feud blow off, like historically. Right. I kind of feel like this one should have been. Do you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I like you, you did this huge show where you all bled and sweat and murdered each other and threw each other off cages. I was like, I would have been happy with that being the end. But um, pinnacles, the pinnacle, pinnacle, and the the inner circle segments were okay this week. Um, I wouldn't say much beyond okay, which is which is not great. Um, yeah, I like the pinnacle uh, at at the restaurant or whatever it was, and Sean Spears grabbing the waiter because he didn't give him his drink quick enough. That stuff was all good. The uh, the inner circle thing was a bit more forced, I think. Yeah. Um, it just re- reaffirms to me that, like, I don't want to say, you know, Ortiz, Guevara, and Hager, and to an extent Jericho, are, like, not good on interviews, per se, but I don't think they're, like, good uh, babyface interviews. Yeah. Guevara, Guevara and Hager, is, like, even Guevara, it just comes off real smarmy, almost. Like, I don't know. Ortiz is just a bit... Guevara, I think, well. is just fundamentally unlikable. I think is just the problem. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, not necessarily in an MJF way, but I just think he's stronger as a heel. Like he has that, you know, young brash kidness to him that I don't know works 
um, in this environment. And they they accepted uh, they accepted the match, and they said, "We're going to dance all over your faces, go piss on your graves," which I thought was a, a, a cute line at the end of a very flat segment. Um, at least he's not going to dance in their graves and piss in their faces. Am I right? <laughs> I guess. Um, what else do we have? We had Moxie and Kingston. Moxley, oh. as we talked about last week on the podcast, um, not having the flute solo uh, version of that song anymore. <laughs> um, we talked about how that doesn't really work. <laughs> and one weekend, they changed it. Um, they claimed, in particular, Max Caster are great. Oh, they're fantastic. Did you watch the video they did? No, I didn't see it. I heard it's about it. Oh, it was great. you have to watch it. Yeah, oh, great. It. it was great. Oh, they're so funny. They're so funny. They're so good. We're just um, we're at a point where, like the elite, the Bucks, Omega. I'm just like so bored of them. But all the young stars of AW are so good. They need to just get them moving. You know, Darby acclaimed, Brie, uh, Brit. You know, they're just so good. That's that's a really good point. Is that AEW has only been going now for a year and a half ish, right? Yeah. And it was so, it was initially, it was like the place where you can see Omega, the books, Cody, you know, um, and already in a year and a half, all of those acts are totally uninteresting and cold. And they've, they've done a great job of making new stars, <laughs> which is the opposite of what WWE can do. Yeah. Like the books and Cody and Omega for me are, are at their, like lowest point in terms of being interested in, in mm. any of them. Um, the books in particular had such a wishy-washy year, like let's yeah. say last, last 12 months. Um, Omega, initially the heel turn was very interesting. The, the forbidden door. Yeah. But he is such a flustery um, promo. Like I can't take him seriously as a, like what? What would the what would the old timer say? Like you don't draw no heat. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not a heel with heat. And then you have Cody, who is having some shoehorned ass USA versus UK promo. And Gogo is suddenly everywhere I look on Twitter, he's going fucking US kids don't call conquers conquers fuckers. <laughs> like where has this come from? It's just it's so. <laughs> gone from zero to 60 without anyone realizing it um yeah i don't know i don't, I don't know what to make it all but thank god for as you said the darby allen the Britt baker yeah um you know even best friends santana ortiz to an extent although what they're doing now isn't particularly good thanks to thanks to chris jericho elite member number five who has somehow sabotaged his own overness <laughs> by turning face um yeah, so that's, that's I, I haven't thought about that, but that's a very good point. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, Moxley and Kingston were the winners, leading into them coming out at the end uh, after uh, Young Bucks beat the Varsity Blondes and stealing their shoes in a very, very admittedly very funny, but also very WWE esque finish to the show. Yeah, yeah, it was. I didn't hate it, but it was. The, the, the thing with it is, the idea is very WWE-y, 
but like Eddie Kingston with his little face, like winking at the camera and putting the socks in his pockets <laughs> and all that was very funny. Um, which, which like goes such a long way is that e- even if the comedy is a bit shit, when you have characters doing it that you really like, they can almost just about pull it off. Um, you've got Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page against uh, Sting and Darby Allen at the pay-per-view. They came out and beat him up. Yeah. That's was, was fine. Those two, I, something about that team just isn't isn't isn't. Which for me. which team? Uh, uh, Sky and and, and Page. Page. Well, we haven't seen a lot of them as a team. Is the problem? Oh well, I I don't mean like match wise. It's just the the promos, everything about it. Just well, kinda, you're you're uh, absolutely right in that. Scorpio Sky gave a day one NXT performance center <laughs> promo, and Ethan oh, Page yeah. was a hundred times better than him. Well, I, I like like you were day, saying day one hundred day one hundred yeah he eventually just evolved into shouting at the camera but initially at least yeah. he was like charismatic which Scorpio Sky wasn't yeah the, the you were saying about the you know um, the inner circle being better off his heels I mean Sky is just a guy I don't I don't understand how the wheels came off with him as a babyface I thought they were I thought they were into him and they had his Jericho match and you know fair enough he didn't win but you know I didn't think it was right for it was the time for him to win. I, I don't know how we've kind of just ended up with they ran out of ideas, turned him heel, and mm. stuck him with Ethan Page. Who, while I'm not, I haven't been blown away by Page. Yet. He's he's making Sky look worse, you know. Um, right. Uh, it, to me, this just kind of feels like the Ethan Page Darby Allen matches, which they've kind of referenced offhand here or there, um, are really good, and that's some of, that's probably you know, outside of a you know a run in Impact nobody saw, but people said it was good. Those who did see it. That's probably the most notable stuff in Page's career. And I'm kind of watching this show and I'm going, I'd probably just like if it was just Ethan Page and Darby Allen and Sting was off, I don't know, signing autographs or getting scanned for video games. And, uh, and you know, just let those two guys and put Sky back as a baby face, get Sting out of there, just have those two guys feud, cut promos, have matches, kill each other. Um, yeah. And they they did say, Excalibur said in the voiceover, this is going to be Sting's first in-ring wrestling match in an arena for seven years. Just yeah. to kind of make it clear, like, we're not doing two cinematic matches on the pay-per-view. Um, although the, the, the stadium has made eventing, which this is going to be their first show with a crowd, a full capacity crowd in a year. And the main event's going to be on the video screen, but whatever. <laughs> unless they Unless they let the crowd into the stadium. That would be tremendous if they if they if they did that and just spread them. I mean, you'd only have like twenty thousand or whatever, but still, it would look cool to spread them out. Yeah, put them all over. That'd actually be great. I don't think that's what they're doing. No, it would take too long for everyone to get into their yeah respective seats. Like, but that'd be an interesting way of doing it. It would be like that one Sony E3 presentation. Where oh, yeah, yeah. Last of Us 2. Fully, into... fully up their arse where they went like, uh, okay, this is the Ghost of Tsushima room. You go in there, <laughs> there's a, a Japanese chap playing the flute. And then all the fucking the journalists, oh, Ghost of Tsushima, very nice. Okay, folks, um, if you could all just pick up your stuff and walk over into the Last of Us 2 room, which we've made up to look like the, the fair, the tents from yeah. that dance scene in Last of Us 2 and we've got the lights, it's like, okay, pick up our stuff. Okay, now that, that was Last of Us 2, I hope you thought that. Right, just pick up your stuff now, into the next room now for the rest of the, the, the demonstration. Um, yeah, that was stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, i tell you what was great on this show. Go on. Miro's promo um, where he thanked Jesus for giving him <laughs> st- strength to beat people up. 
um, talked about. Like it was just, it was just the most pro wrestling promo we ever. Right. Archer came out and they were just screaming at each other how they're going to kill each other, and told Jake there's not enough DDP yoga in the world to save you, and and um, he said you know everybody dies, but I'll make sure you go first. Um, again, kind of like the 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 uh, Page and Sky team. I kind of felt like. Miro kind of showed Archer up here a little bit. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Which is a shame because Archer is not uncharismatic. But again, I don't know if he's a great babyface. Yeah, I think he needed to be more just fucking wide-eyed, spitting as he's talking. I'm gonna kill you. You're gonna die, Miro. Yeah, he needed he needed a bit of cocaine in him before he went out. Probably. <laughs> I, I I do think he, yeah he needs to embrace the uh, the the whole thing of where he comes out and he kills the young boys in Japan, which he's done in AEW. So I think he needs to embrace that aspect of the character a little bit more. And I've, I've heard a few a few you know podcast mentions. I, I'll have to throw my hat in with it. It's, pro- it's probably time to just leave Jake in the back, I would think. I think I think that period is... That was a great way to introduce Archer. I think it's a net negative at this stage. He just he hobbles out in some ridiculous outfit. He looks fucking stupid. <laughs> like, 75% of the time, he talks absolute shite, and that in the fun way. Uh, and then every now and then it's good, but but not not to counteract the rest. So I would I'd probably uh, Jake's another one. He can scan him into the old video game there, but we don't need to have him on telly every week. Speaking mm. of showing mm. up with Archer. That being said, if Miro gives him the old right hook at the pay per view, I'll <laughs> it'll all be worth it. Oh dear, puts him in the game over. Yeah, one thing that I. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I hadn't copped onto is I thought Miro's English was really, really good. Turns out, no, <laughs> he has really weird phrasing of things, and I kind of like it. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it as like a criticism. No, no, it it does have that kind of prize boxing fighter energy about it, which is when he when he just picks up the mic and just, ah, first of all, I'd like to thank Jesus. <laughs> you know, um, it's great. It's great. It makes him come off more like a, a fucking real. Makes him come off more real. Yeah, he's just he's he's not thinking his lines to say every word like perfectly and grammatically. He's just yeah, energy. Great. Uh, what else do we have? Two women's matches. The, the good one and the rebel one. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, God. I, hell. I love Rebel. I love Rebel. She wasn't out there to have a five-star classic. God love her. But she is so funny. Yeah, she's very, she's very good. Um, um, but the Deeb Velvet match is very good. Yeah, the Deeb always delivers, doesn't she? She's um, the Deeb. She's tremendous. And also, to be fair, like Red Velvet, every like literally every opportunity to, because I know she's probably had ten million matches on Dark, but every time she's in a high profile Dynamite match, there are bangers. Like she had that great match with Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill, who's had like three matches her entire life. Right. Um, they had a great match, and then, and then obviously Deeb is another level. I was like, yeah, Red Velvet's like a, a sneaky great little project they have uh, for yeah. that division. Obviously, we're now we're entering the era of Baker. Um, and I have to kind of imagine Cargill's more of a, like an immediate, like they want her to be something very soon, but like Red Velvet's this great person waiting in the wings, you know, she's kind of taking a lot of losses now, but I'm sure in a year or maybe even two years time, she's going to, she's going to be a huge deal for them, which Mm. is good. So that was pretty much dynamite, I think. Yeah. So one more week till the pay-per-view. 
Yeah. Uh, Friday Night Dynamite. I forgot, yeah, I forgot about that. It's not on Wednesday, um, it's on Friday. What is it? Basketball or something? Hockey? Basketball? I don't know. Being preempted for some reason. One of them. Um, they did. I thought that was another big news story this week is they got um, we got the news of their second show, lads, which I don't know. I, one thing I kind of like about this this era of my wrestling fandom where I'm tuned out from literally everything other than Dynamite is that it is just two hours a week. Mm-hmm. I, like if it's If it's kind of like Attitude Era heat where it's like two or three matches and they're involving the big stars and a couple of basic angles that's fine uh if it's i i don't think because they now have 17 hours of youtube content a week i i have to imagine this won't be jabronis i don't imagine this will be julia hart versus red velvet i don't think that will be the fair uh but we'll see August, I think they said. It's only uh, an hour as well, which yeah, of a Saturday morning is doable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope that's included in the old fight gimmick and they don't shut up the price. Ooh, um, the jammy thickers. And they're moving um, to TBS next year. Yeah, so the the constantly changing NHL situation in the States where they thought it was going to NBC and then it was going to TNT and then they didn't know where it was going. It went to TNT. So, um, they came out with a big. Pre- they did. They did a good job of kind of packaging all the news together. They were like, "It's going." So the news is that it's going to TBS next year. They will get four quarter quarterly specials a year, which will still be on TNT. Right. So I'd have to imagine that'll be your bash at the beach. Uh, uh, winter is coming. Those those things that they were already doing anyway in the run up to pay per views, um, and what was the other stuff? And Rampage, which you said, yeah, the Friday night show, um, yeah. And apparently there was some unspecified several million dollar sort of addition to the contract because it's like, hey, we're pushing you off your night. Sorry, here's some money, um, <laughs> which is which is grand, yeah. Um, License songs for everybody. Yeah, oh, you get a song. You get a song. <laughs> Brian Danielson, you don't want to sign with us? Well, I already bought Final Countdown. Okay, Marco Stunt, you have Final Countdown. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, that seems like good news. It's not going to affect us, obviously, over here. Um, I don't think it's going to affect people in the States either. I think if you have, you know, I think, I think they have TBS, if you have TNT. Um, yeah, so good for them. Uh, and also, so... They have a, they've said July, the, the shows they've scheduled for July in other cities are going ahead. And WWE are also going on the road in July as well. So right. in about two months' time, we will have something resembling normal shows. Uh, God help me, I may watch a few hours of WWE once they're back on the road. Um just to see who's I thought Why? WrestleMania was really just to see I thought WrestleMania was like really interesting, like who's actually popular, who's actually getting over, who's actually you know, I um, watched um, some WWE in the week, actually. What did you watch? I don't remember. It was on BT. I think I watched like a, a few minutes of Raw and a few minutes of SmackDown. And Raw has like three commentators who all sound exactly the same. <laughs> I, I, like, I couldn't tell them apart. It was like Corey Graves and maybe one other person, but it sounded like there was more. But they all have the same voice, so I don't know who they are. Um... And what was even on SmackDown? Fuck. I don't remember. 
It's it's completely gone out of my mind. But it was it was um cameras fucking zooming in and out. It was this guy is all about having fun, Cole. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, I remembered why I stopped watching this shit. It's 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 unwatchable. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um so yeah, don't watch that, Barry. Is <laughs> my advice. Fair enough. Fair enough. God, I, I, I honest to God, don't remember what I saw. I know that I watched it, and I know the commentator thing annoyed me, but I don't remember what was actually on. Mm. What was on? Fuck. Well, it's WWE. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I promise I watched it, though. Yeah. Um, I haven't... I, like... Coincidentally, around the time I bought, like, a television aerial to get over-the-air TV over here, was, like, the week... like, And I didn't do it on purpose. It was, like, the week that they announced they were on Virgin... Yeah, um, that's where I watched Smack that was on Saturday morning on Virgin 1. So like, it's like, it's on free over-the-air TV over here in the the classic of our youth, the Saturday morning slot. Um, I think it's edited for that morning, but other than that, it's it's in full. Yeah, it was everywhere. a one-hour edition of SmackDown. Yeah, but beyond that, it's like, I, I still have not bothered my arse watching two yeah. seconds of it. I assume um, they cut out all the nudity and... There's not you even know. that much of that really anymore. I think they still they still they, they still do they still do edit chairs and weapons and things. Like okay, there was no, the there was no chairs during the time I was watching it. Although here's a story for you, right? I was what? watching on Premier Sports, right? Mm. Which is an Irish um, sports channel that I think comes with like the BT package. Yeah, I don't know if I, if you've ever heard of Premier Sports, right? No, they is, it, is it is it what something that used to be Satanta? I think it's probably an offshoot of Satanta, right? They have a yellow yeah. logo, so it's probably similar to Satanta. But they, uh, well, from a football point of view, in in non COVID times, they show the three p.m. Saturday kickoffs, which they don't show in the UK. So we get that. So thanks. <laughs> Thanks for owning our country for a few years. We get all the fucking perks now. Um, we, get all, we get the 3 p.m. kickoffs. That, that's our recompense for all that. Um, but they were showing at like four in the afternoon TNA Hard to Kill from January of this year featuring Barbed Wire Massacre, Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan at four in the <laughs> afternoon. Completely uncensored. <laughs> what? People clearly said, oh, we have a three-hour block we need to fill. Stick on that wrestling thing from January. It's three hours long. Anyone want to vet it or edit? No, just put it on, whatever it is. <laughs> no, I don't want to see what it is. <laughs> uh, do you want to vet this? Do I have to, like, watch it? Yeah. No, well, my my, my, my kid watches WWE. It's just that shite, you know? Yeah, yeah. Shit on. Uh, fucking blood and barbed wire left, right, and center, and oh, it was mad. That's weird. I- I've never even heard of them having a wrestling deal, unless it's probably just a, a impact a media partner. Sports, I guess, yeah. Did, did some deal? You know, some maybe they have the secondary like on delay rights. Yeah, or whatever. It was that was, first. You know? The main event was that first like six man tag with Omega. Omega. It was yeah. supposed to be with Morrison Machine Guns, but Moose was in it instead. It was that match. I'm trying to think. I was trying to think. I was like, okay, is it possible that like their parent company has the impact rights for art? But no, but impact's just on. Like, you, I think you have to watch it on their video on demand service. Like, they have no TV over here anymore. Uh, I don't know. That's very. That's very. It was on Premier Sports. I assure you. So, so there you go. The new home. Four uh, months late. 
of Impact <laughs> Wrestling. I, I watched I watched them um, uh, every now and then. I throw on the Impact Twitch channel because they literally just have a random yeah twenty four hour seven stream of classic footage. And I flicked it on one day, and they had the, the Joe Angle cage match. I was like, Ooh. yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch this again. Lockdown 08. Um, that is a, that is actually that is genuinely a great channel to follow because it's because you you might stumble across something like that or you'll stumble across the worst shit imaginable. Like it's 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 a great promotion to watch a random clip of. But anyway, uh, with all that said, we best uh, uh, wrap up this week. Oh, I got um, up on Dark Side of the Ring. By the way, I watched every. Episode. Oh, really? Did you yeah. watch um? Which any any standouts? Any standouts for you so far? Uh, I mean the Pillman two parter was really good, even though. A lot of it wasn't news per se. Like, you right. know, I I was aware of the story of the the ankle and this and mm. that. Um, I like. I say say I liked, but I the more interesting stuff was like the family stuff with the the Melanie Melanie Pillman and whatever the fuck mm. she is. Um, she came off very weird on it. Um, but no, it was it was it was it was very good. The um. The Korea one, which came out this week, was very, very interesting. Because all, mm. I, all I knew about it was you know, the, the biggest event ever. Mm, the, the, ever. But like Scorpio Sky on it being just the most charismatic man in the world. Like, I'm fucking yeah. kill Hawk in Korea. That stuff was all great. Um, and what was episode three was... Um, Nick Gage. Nick Gage. That was fine, the Nick Gage. Like, Nick Gage himself is an interesting character, but... I, you know, the story is what it is. I don't know that there was anything again crazy in it. They were just like, Oh, yeah. he likes he likes hardcore wrestling. He used the pizza cutter and he went to jail. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of his story, you know. That that was kind of all there was to it. Although his girlfriend is the funniest person in the world. Yeah, she's she good. real real funny. Um yeah, good good four episodes so far. I'm happy to be caught up with it. Yeah, I think it's really hard. I think I think the, the, the Korea one is kind of it's it's going to be one of those ones that kind of like say like the Road Warriors one where it's like it's perfectly fine but it'll probably be lower low lower yeah. ranked just because like I thought it was one of the t- topics like you said I knew the least about and so I was watching I was like this is actually really interesting but it was kind of it was missing that real scandal do you know yeah. what I mean because like because Jericho and the voiceover every time like a lot of the stories amounted to some guards pulled me into a room and said you can't do that. And yeah. then it's like, and Chris Jericho goes like, with his life hanging in the balance, <laughs> Scott Norton goes back to his hotel room. And this is like, okay, I don't think they were going to kill Scott Norton for calling his wife. Um, well, they, yeah. they, they might have. That, that, that was the one thing about it I liked is just the otherworldliness of experiencing yes. in North Korea and how like Scorpio Sky was going to kill Hawk. And they were like, if you do anything, you're going to be like literally spend the rest of your life in North Korea in jail. Well, you know the the voice of reason, Chris Benoit, talked in talked <laughs> in there, yeah. um, which is pretty good. Uh, um, yeah, so all caught up on that good good season so far. I yeah. think they're four for four on on big hitters next week. Oh, Colgan. Oh, I have some opinions about the world that I'd like to share with you. I was reading some Ultimate Warrior stuff in the week. Um, um, 
uh, like the co- like just quotes from him, the comments. Yeah. Oh my god, they're I, I don't even want to repeat stuff he said. No, they're pretty if, horrific. If this was in the first hundred episodes of CSP, I probably would. But yeah. here, here in 2021, I'm going to refrain. Um, they're out there if you're interested, but fuck, the stuff he said is just so deplorable. He was such a I, horrible man. I'm not sure at what... I mean, that stuff was still on his website for a very long time. I think it may have been when he went back to WWE and he made amends and he died. I think his his wife or his, his wiping done, yeah. Yeah, his, his team kind of after the fact, oh, let's get... You know, he's, he said, what about Bobby? He didn't ever yeah. take that down yeah, for fuck's sake. Um, there was a lot of that. Um, so I'm I'm curious how much of that they are going to go into next week. Because at the end of the day, like they only have like 45 minutes. And he has a lot before you get into his kind of like his college campuses and his blog, like his blog is fucking mental, which is again scrubbed. I don't know how much they have access to. Yeah. But but there's probably plenty of stuff you can talk about him without getting into that, because he's also like the person who fucking held up Vince McMahon for money. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's he had a crazy career before you even get to that shit. So um yeah, I'm 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 really curious where they go, but uh, that'll be that'll be for next week's show for us to chat about, I guess. Looking forward um, to it. So yeah, that's been the show for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, more Dynamite takes. We're viewing Friday Night Dynamite Go Home Show for Double or Nothing. Uh, we'll talk about Ultimate Warrior, Dark Side of the Ring, and we'll have more movies, games, TV, golf, all the usual jazz. You know yourself. Um, and we'll also preview the pay-per-view, I guess, which will be going on a few hours after we do the show. Uh, I'm not staying up for this one. I will say that much. Um, I am. Uh, a combination of it not looking great and also being on a Sunday. Please get back to Saturday night. Yeah, they didn't stop at this Sunday. Shit. Uh, you got the day off work on Monday? I do, like a fucking mark. <laughs> Look at this jabroni. Oh my it's God. a bank holiday here. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, you guys have a bank holiday. Uh, so uh, Joe Towner will be there cheering on Fulham's own Tony Khan um, is he off Twitter still by the way I heard Tony Khan went off Twitter as soon as Fulham went down the pan or something because oh, really? nice. when AEW is flying high he loves to log on and, and chat about <laughs> the biz but it seems like the heat was getting too much for him from the football fans yeah. uh, anyway that'll be next week we'll, we'll, we'll chat about the pay-per-view and yeah, uh, so thanks for listening, folks. ChairshotPodcast.com if you want to listen to the show or send us an email at ChairshotPod. Also, if you want to tweet us, ask a question or whatever the hell uh, you know yourself. So thanks very much for listening, folks. We'll be back next week. So goodbye from me, Barry. Goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>